Welcome to the GIST Podcast, where we come together to meet the many wonderful people who make GIST what it is. A place where students learn to be self-directed, globally engaged, balanced, and future-ready. I'm Morgan. And I'm Mindy. And we're your hosts. Today, we welcome Amy Cleary to the podcast. Amy is our unbelievably hardworking and organized, wait for it, middle school experiential and service learning coordinator. That's her official title, although we call her the activities coordinator in the middle school. She started at GIS as a science teacher and then transitioned into this role a few years ago. I personally could not think of a better person for this job. It requires an extensive skill set and so much know-how. Amy, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So for starters, I've given a little bit of your background, but could you go ahead and tell us a bit more about yourself and your job here at GIS? All right, well, my name's Amy, like you said, and this is my seventh year here at GIS. I did three as a grade eight science teacher, and then just before COVID, took over the activities coordinator job, so it's been a fun experience ever since then. It's been a great uh, test of my problem-solving skills for the last four years. It's been nice to use my brain in a different way. Absolutely. You know, I've heard before, speaking with Noah Bonin, I remember him introducing you and saying, this is Amy, she's the one that does all the magic. So that's a, that's a pretty important job title as well, the, the person that does the magic. Um, I was thinking about when you, we asked you to come on to this podcast, and the first question I wanted to ask you is how do you do that magic? I think because I have the, a middle school student, and even during the pandemic, what really stood out was that there was this really strong sense of community in the middle school. And you could just feel it on campus and you can feel it, you know, when you're home and the kids are singing, you know, different volcano songs and that sort of thing. Um, so how do you do that? How do you build community within the middle school? So it's a, it's a tricky question. And I always struggle to come up with a really well-articulated answer to this question because I always just feel since I moved here, even before I had this position, that there's just a gist vibe yeah. <laughs> that yeah. we have. And even yeah. more specifically, there's a middle school vibe that we have. Mm -hmm. And it is that little bit of magic. Uh, and it comes from just purposefully putting in a lot of areas for collision points for all of us as a community. So not only do our kids attend classes together in a really nice, diverse, with more electives than I've seen at most schools. Mm -hmm. But we also have a ton of after-school activities. We have a ton of athletic options. We have the volcano houses. And we have all of these different opportunities for kids to just join in and participate and interact with people that they don't always interact with in their daily classes. So even online, I think just the way we tried to keep the community alive was to try to keep doing those same collision points that we would have in person, but we just f tried to find a way to do it online. And of course, it's not as great online. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did a weekly Bali stage assembly virtually for two and a half years, and it didn't have the same feeling as I feel when I go out on the Bali stage, but at least it was an opportunity for the whole community to kind of log in and be doing the same thing and connect together and just be silly together and have kids perform for each other and, and just keep that sense of community spirit going through yeah. the pandemic. Yeah, you could feel it. I was thinking about it, an example when I was over with a couple of different middle school students and they all started singing the, the volcano song and then the next group started singing the <laughs> volcano song and Noah Bona was there and he goes, 
I'm so proud right now as a, as a middle school principal. <laughs> so you, you did it. You did a great job of helping to foster that. But other than that, other than building community, what are the other goals of the activities program in the middle school? So middle school in general is a time where kids are really finding themselves. In yeah. elementary, they develop their sense as a person. But in middle school, they really start to truly explore different facets of themselves and they really look to try to find their passions because they might have things they're interested in but they don't really truly know what a they're skilled at yet mm -hmm. and b what they're really going to be passionate about in the long run and middle school is that kind of magical cocoon of three years where they transition from being little kids to kind of becoming the people that they're going to be and then when they get to high school they're forced to make some harder choices about what they want to do because you just can't do everything but in middle school they have this little magical time where they kind of can yeah. do everything that they're interested in so our job uh, in the middle school is to give them those opportunities to try different things maybe even to try things they haven't even thought of as possibilities before like we have people in the ms production that never known them to really be singers before but suddenly they're doing it because they have a friend who's doing it and they kind of drag each other into it or we have a a film club or a newspaper club and things that kids haven't really had the opportunity to do before and suddenly they try this new thing and they really discover that they love it and they want to keep doing it and they're looking for more opportunities to get to do those things and explore them so our goal our job as middle school teachers and as a middle school office is to really provide those chances and those opportunities whether it's through clubs or service trips or ESP or any of those things right. it's about exploring and being curious and experiencing all those new things that are going to help you make informed choices yeah. about what you want to do moving forward I think one of the ways that students are able to try so many things is the actual structure you lay out mm -hmm. and the amount of planning that goes in to make sure that the structure holds and that kids are able to participate in a lot of things can you describe it a little bit for us sure so one of the things I really love about our middle school community, even amongst the adults, is the amount of collaboration that we do. And I think it makes us really special how well we work together. We're not competing against each other, but we're trying to find ways to make it all work. Yeah. So within the middle school, Paul McTeague, who's the athletics director, and I, we probably meet and talk daily, yeah. multiple times a day, yeah. in fact, about, okay, how do we make madness work how can PE help us make Madness Days work? Or and how can- Sorry, I'm interrupting just to say, Madness is our end of quarter spectacular yes. um, to finish out each quarter and help send everyone off to vacation in a really fantastic mood and with popsicles. Yes. Thank you, the, PTA. The, the, <laughs> highlight, the highlight of Madness is always the popsicles at the end. Not to derail. Go ahead, sorry. But our end of quarter days, so we always have a special, we call it a Madness Day. It's a Volcano House Day. We can talk more about Volcano Houses yeah. later. But it's just a special crazy day at the end of the quarter. Where it's just a really community building day. So we, we collaborate on that. And, th and then I ask Paul or whoever to help me come up with, OK, I need 400 kids on the field at this time, and I want to do six activities. How can we make that work the best? Or for instance, uh, for the activities that the um, athletics clubs are doing, Paul and I work together to be like, OK, how can we structure it so that rock climbing can happen on the days we need it to happen instead of the days that we actually have allotted for athletics and we work together to make that happen and I included rock climbing in the activities sign up for normal mm -hmm. clubs. We also have it really specifically structured throughout the week 
because we feel balance is so important in the middle school. Yeah. Balance of opportunity to be creative, to be artsy, to do chess club and just hang out with your friends or do coloring club with the ability to also do activities and sports if you want to and be really active in that way. So we have it structured so that service clubs are on Tuesdays and that day is sacred. Mm -hmm. We don't do other things on Tuesdays. We make sure there's that opportunity there because service is one of our values here Absolutely. at GIST. And then Thursdays are exploratory clubs. Literally anything can happen as a part of an exploratory club. It's really cool. It changes every semester with what teachers want to offer and also what students are interested in. And then Wednesdays and Fridays are athletics. So we purposely have them structured on different days so that students don't have to choose. They can do a service club, an exploratory club, and also do sports. And they're not constantly being torn like, well, I can't do volleyball right. because I want to do film club, right? So we, we purposely structured in a way that allows kids to have that collision with a lot of different aspects of their personality and things they want to try. Absolutely. And in terms of the athletics program, how does their philosophy align with the philosophy of activities? It very much matches in that we're all teaching middle schoolers here and we're all developing people in the same age group. So we have that try everything approach in the activities clubs. We also have that try everything approach in the athletics. So we don't cut students from our program in the MS athletics. When they move on to high school, it's time to get a little harsher with things and they get cut from IASIS teams and stuff like that. But in the middle school, Literally anybody who wants to participate in, in a sport can participate in that sport. So like I used to coach grade six girls basketball and one year we had 80 girls on the team. Awesome. So <laughs> it's chaos and it's crazy yeah. and it's all different ability levels. So mm -hmm. in the same room you might have a girl who has been playing basketball for five years and she's working on her three point shot and you might have a girl who's never held a basketball in her life yeah. and she's trying to learn how to dribble for the first time. But that's what middle school is about. Middle school is about exploring those things and learning. I have a girl who really didn't think she would like basketball, and I taught her in grade six basketball, and she just grew to love it, and now she's playing basketball in the high school. It's and amazing. it's just, yeah. it's nice to see that progression. And just that, I think that less stressful atmosphere that we can, that we're able to have in the mm -hmm. middle school about letting everybody try everything and explore all these different clubs and activities and athletics, really lets students try things that they wouldn't be able to before. Yeah. And we do, the only time we would cut or make choices in the middle school is if we have to send like a smaller team maybe away to an ISKL tournament. But we make sure that every student can participate in a competition at the end of each season. Yeah. So we always host some sort of competition here at GIS or find a local competition that every student who who signs up for a sport can participate in. Yeah. yeah. And similarly with clubs, you know, really we're just constrained by how many people can we have in the room? Right. How many adults do we have in the room to work with the kids to make sure they get that full experience? There are no students who sign up to be in clubs that don't get to be in a club. Yeah. There are some constrictions, like you said, like GK Club only has 12 kids coming from a service site. We don't want 40 just kids in the room. That's a tad intimidating yeah. <laughs> for the visiting yeah. students. But um, we, we allow everybody to go through and cycle. And we change the clubs each semester, so it gives new students the opportunity to, to explore that also. Yeah, you can tell that when I hear you speak, I can really tell the focus for you is all about the students. Um, and hearing about how that works with the athletics as well, it's, you have the same heart. You're, mm -hmm. You have the same goal, and what can we do for the students? And that's what seems to make it 
work. It's like you're taking out all the ego of what is my particular program and let's get back to the students and focus on that, uh, which is really cool. I think too, you know, I think a lot about when I'm hearing you talk about the students, I think a lot about every middle school teacher I know, including the two of you, <laughs> you guys just love middle school. It's really cool to hear people light up when they're talking about middle school students and just how special that age group is. So can you tell me a little bit more about what is it that makes middle school students so special? I mean, honestly, I've taught K to 12 in my teaching okay. career. I started out as a senior high teacher teaching senior high students. I love them too. I love, kids of all ages are amazing. Yeah. But what's so special about middle school? What I loved as a science teacher about middle school was that they're old enough that you can have really great conversations with them and kind of dive into things a little bit deeper, including for act activities and clubs and things like that. You can get into some really interesting stuff, but they're still at an age where they're not jaded yet. Yeah. <laughs> and they're not only focused on, on grades and getting into college and everything. It comes up, obviously, we're an academically intense and focused school but they also just love doing things for the sake of doing things and they're just interested and curious and they just want to to do stuff and they're just excited still and so what i really love about working with middle school kids is that excitement yeah. that that blend of being able to get into things a little bit deeper but also just the pure joy of learning and doing things because you want to do it not because you feel like it's going to go on your transcript or whatever. Yeah. So it's it's like that kind of blending of the enthusiasm of, of childhood with with getting to be older and getting to try new things and going deeper into that exploration of what you're interested in. So speaking of the joy and the enthusiasm, one thing that we're all very excited about this year is um, kind of coming out of COVID. And a testament of that is we get to start doing our ESP program mm -hmm. again, which is thrilling. <laughs> so um, can you talk to us a bit more about the extended study program, what its philosophy and its goals are? Sure. So ESP has been around for a long time. It's great. Other schools might call it something like Week Without Walls for those people who aren't familiar with our ESP program. It's really the goal is to really hone in on that experiential learning side of things. So it's one of the parts of my title is experiential learning. I really feel experiential learning is, is important to students because what we do in the classroom is amazingly important and we do a lot of great things. If you walk through our classes, students are doing learning in a lot of different ways. They're exploring a lot of different topics. Things like ESP is our chance to go out into the real world and see those things that we're talking about in action. So it lets students explore concepts in a way and reflect on those concepts in a way that they can't do when they're just in between four walls of a classroom, right? Mm -hmm, yeah. So students can go to Sumatra and see rangers working to stop poachers in real life, which is one of our grade eight trips this year. They're gonna to go to the Waycombus National Park, which is actually closed to the public. People aren't allowed to go, but we've gotten special permission to go there. And so 20 students are gonna have the opportunity to work with rangers who are saving wild elephants from poachers. At the same place that rhinos are, are being protected, they're gonna plant new food for the rhinos. They're gonna to get to do all these things and really explore it at a level that you can talk about it in class and you can, right. you can make people feel things by ex showing videos and stuff like that. But going to see it, touching the elephants, working in the elephant hospital, seeing what their normal day is like, talking to the rangers about their personal experiences with poachers and things like that, you're gonna 
really understand it at a different level than you can when we just talk about it in a classroom. Yeah. So being that hands-on, solving challenges in real time, being really involved with the people who do these things in real life, it just gives you perspective that you can't get from sitting in a classroom or being here in our little gist bubble. So it's really about connecting more with Indonesia. It's about challenging ourselves in new ways. It's about learning with new people and forming bonds with new students that you don't necessarily work with on a day-to-day -day basis or aren't in your super close friendship group. Because when you have a shared experience, that's when you form a bond with somebody. For sure. So it also gives students the opportunity to really connect with other members of the community than their normal little friendship group that they see on a day-to-day -day basis. Absolutely. And there's also a service component <clears throat> to ESP every year. Every trip will do some sort of service because service is part of our mission, right? It's part of our values. We're always working to make our service more and more authentic. So we work with all of our partners on ESP to be like, well, what do you need from us? Like us coming in and building a school is not a realistic concept for anybody, <laughs> right. but us coming in and planting like a giant chunk of mangroves that is realistic and, and useful to the community or us coming in and doing a big beach cleanup or us coming in and working with the local school on a project that they're working on and maybe need some help with. Those are all really authentic, meaningful things that give our students the opportunity to see what is needed out there in the world and learn about why that component is needed and also gives back in, in ways that are authentic and meaningful to the places that we're going. I love that you start with that question of asking them, like, what mm -hmm. do you need instead of coming in and saying, this is what I want to do. Right. I think it's really important. I think it's important for the kids to understand that, too. Sometimes we have ideas, but we need to listen first. And uh, and that's the tricky part of service. We're always sure. trying to improve our service. Yeah. Yeah. And as middle schoolers, do it in a in a range that's, you know, reachable to us. It's, it's, yeah. it's practical, and we can actually do it and make it meaningful. But it's not just about us. We, we can't have that that centered yeah. self perspective mm -hmm. on what service is. It has to be meaningful to the people you're doing service for or else it's not true service, right? So right. we're really trying to improve and keep moving forward in meaningful ways with our service clubs as well as service on trips like ESP or when we take students to the Chickenango Wildlife Center that's up in um, Sukabumi. Mm -hmm. I really hope that that trip can come back now that yeah. COVID is in our rear view window, hopefully. Yeah. And so those are those are opportunities where I see kids grow the most oh, I can because imagine. they're getting their hands dirty, yeah. <laughs> which for some of them is a new experience and really great. Mm -hmm. And they're also just seeing things in a, in a way that they wouldn't have before. Yeah. yeah. I, the other thing I'm thinking about is hearing you speak about the experiential learning and the service learning that hits right on the strategic plan for GIS. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you're a big part of where the school is wanting to move forward to. It's really cool. So in terms of the sixth grade versus the seventh grade and the eighth grade, I know we'd really try to tailor these a bit to be developmentally appropriate to the grade level. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Sure, yeah. So grade six and grade seven are grade level trips, meaning that the whole grade travels together to one location, and then they kind of break off into smaller groups at that location to do the different experiences through a rotation. With bigger groups, obviously, it limits in some ways the activities that you can do, but we've figured out ways to still Make. They're truly amazing. If I had been able to do any of these opportunities when I was in middle school, I would have just yes. died of excitement. Exactly. It's very different than when I grew up. Us too. <laughs> but we just have such an amazing opportunity in Indonesia that it's it would be a sin to not capitalize on. Like 
we are in one of the most biodiverse countries in the world. We are in an island chain of almost 18,000 islands with all of their unique identities and cultures and things that make them tick. Yeah. And so exploring that is just this great unique opportunity that we have here at JIS. So grade six goes to Java, they go to Jogjakarta, they get to go to these amazing temples that don't exist anywhere in the world and they're on all these lists. If you look at any list of world heritage sites and things online that people want to see, they go to those as part of their school opportunity. They also, because in their social studies program in grade six, they um, study sustainable agriculture and they study farming and things like that and they actually go to sustainable agriculture farms when they're on ESP and they do do the farming and learn about organic farming and, and how that all works here in Indonesia. So they get that experiential component while doing service because they help the farmers do some of their planting and stuff while they're there. They and direct curricular tie-in too, which is direct, wonderful. Yeah, so it's it we get to hit a lot of, of checks there while they're still having a lot of fun and, and hiking up Merapi and doing all these really cool things that you can't just do when you stay here on campus, or we don't sometimes do with our families when we travel because it's not that kind. We're not always looking for experiential learning opportunities yeah. when we're traveling with our families, right? Grade seven get to go to Bali. They get to go rafting. They get to work with this Mapentagon group, which is a really unique blend of Balinese martial arts and dance, and they do it in the mud, and it, it's, it's wow. really fun. Um, but it's, they just get to do these really unique, cool opportunities. And the, the tie-ins for the grade seven trip really focus on the cultural aspects of Bali, because Balinese culture is different than Javanese culture and different than a lot of the other places in Indonesia, right? And it has this supreme focus on the connection of people to nature mm -hmm. as one of their tenants. And so it provides a great opportunity to think about sustainable practices of, of tourism. And, and those connections in Bali, because it's a huge real issue that Balinese, the Balinese are dealing with. How do you balance that need to make money from tourism, but also not destroy the environment in the process? And they get to see that when they go to the Mapantagon farm, and they get to see that when they go to the cultural village that they go to to learn about uh, the shadow puppets and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So they really get to explore sustainability through that lens when they're on the grade seven trip. Mm -hmm. and, it, and they get a little bit high level, more high level of risk uh, activities through the rafting and the mud wrestling. They call it mud wrestling, even though it's martial arts and dancing. <laughs> they just see it as mud wrestling. Um, and so it builds it up a little bit. And then in grade eight, we get to break into smaller groups, which really gives us better opportunities to explore things at a deeper level. Because with 20 students, you can do different things and, and go different places than you can go with 150 students. Yeah. So like I talked about before, those uh, grade eight kids going to the Wakambas Park, mm -hmm. or we have kids going to Gunaken, which is a Marine National Protected Park, and they'll get to talk to the rangers there. They do village walks where they just talk to the fishermen there about how does the laws of the Marine Park impact your fishing? What do you think about them? They get to have those authentic engagements with the community as well. And I couldn't do that if I had 150 kids running through the community asking yeah. interview questions. But you can do that with eighth graders. And eighth graders are at a level where they can can do that in a, in a meaningful and calm way and ask intelligent questions. So the eighth graders have 
probably the most direct curricular connections usually. So they really focus on ecosystems and sustainability of ecosystems. Okay. So prior to COVID, when we were doing the trips, every eighth grade students came back and did this big project as a reflection piece on their experience in ESP. So in the months prior to ESP, they would be doing research about where they were going. They all choose a specific question about sustainability and ecosystems that they know that they'll see parts of that on the trip. Interdisciplinary project. <laughs> uh, so science and social studies and everybody gets involved in, in helping them prepare for this. And then when they're on the trip, they all have little notebooks and they're collecting evidence, they're collecting data, they're asking questions, they're interviewing people and getting the answer to the question that they asked prior to coming back on the trip, going on the trip, sorry. And then when they come back, then they apply all of that stuff. They collect their notes, they collect their videos and their photos and they come up with an answer. And they have a choice of different ways that they can show their answer. It can be in a video like they're a journalist, it could be through an interpretive dance that they have a really creative write-up for showing all the connections. They have a lot of different opportunities to engage with this really um, enriching experience that they're going on and make connections to the SDGs and everything we're talking about in class. That's amazing. I want to be in middle school again. I was just going to say. I want to go on the trip. I was, just, I was literally just going to say that. Can we, can we ask the teachers who are running each trip to run it for each of the teachers at just as yes, well? Yes. <laughs> I have to get break. that question from parents. Can parents go yes. on <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Just one last question. Uh, moving forward, I mean, I know you came in and kind of changed roles during the pandemic, and now we're coming out of it. What are you excited about moving forward? So obviously I'm excited to get back to that. And we are getting back there. We're, this year has been amazing to have live Bali stage assemblies every Friday with kids getting up and performing. Side note, our kids are unbelievable. I cannot imagine unsolicited, unforced, getting up to just sing a song in front of the whole school at an assembly on Friday morning when I was in middle school. Yeah. I can't picture any of my friends having done it. It happens every week. It's yeah. so inspiring. Here in the middle school. And then they cheer each other on. Yes. Like, it doesn't really matter good. who it's comes such a supportive on. Yeah, atmosphere. Really cool. yeah. And because it's a supportive atmosphere is why kids feel okay to do that. Yeah. Right? So I'm excited for more opportunities for that, to have kids feel supported and loved and, and, and cheered on by yeah. their peers and get up and just play their ukulele and sing a song or do a dance at MSGT that they came up with themselves and just explore their passions, but so be so willing to get up and do it in front of other people. Yeah. I'm excited to get our trips back like ESP. I'm excited to build more and more of those service opportunities in as we're allowed to engage with external communities more often. And I'm excited to capitalize on the benefits we did get from COVID because people were locked up for so long and not able to do stuff. I'm seeing such an insurgence of passion and excitement to just do stuff right yeah. now and I'm really excited to hopefully keep that excitement level going because we do as people tend to get complacent about opportunities that we have like oh we're going on ESP again okay like, <laughs> and so I'm hoping that we can keep this level of enthusiasm going and generating new ideas and generating new things and opportunities for students and keep their their passion and excitement for it going sounds amazing well thank you so much for coming on the podcast i'm ex just as excited as you are i feel like <laughs> this all sounds amazing um, and our kids are so lucky to have these opportunities 
And we just are so lucky to have you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I've watched your work over these years, and it's just remarkable. And the fact that you've been so resilient with all the challenges we faced, you've found creative and fun ways to keep everyone in our community engaged. And I know there's a lot that's going to happen moving forward that we haven't even seen yet as we come out of COVID. So you're a superstar, Amy Cleary. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I'm just so grateful to be part of a community that's so willing to to go out on a limb and do crazy things with me and, and work with me and and supervise the kids for all these things. So it's the it's the community that makes it possible. All the other teachers and all the other faculty members and support staff. So I'm just amazed to work at this um, this school that is such a beautiful community.